Kia ora everyone and welcome to another episode of the NZP TeacherCast video log. I'm here with Matt Lambert from Hiratonga College. I've just popped up here for a bit of a visit. And uh, we're having a look in the armory, which is what we're in at the moment. We were doing the recording um, and I'll, I'll splice in some footage of that because it's a really fantastic facility and we're going to base some of our questions around that sort of context of training um, facilities and stuff like that. So Matt, welcome to the video log. Thanks for having me. So you, we've, we've had you on the, on the podcast before and you talked about this amazing facility, which is a bit of a mess at the moment by the way, um, yes. that you self-funded, I guess, as a school. Can you tell us uh, how you go about using it with your classes? Uh, yeah, so we have uh, multiple classes each day, probably three or four, that come in and use this uh, facility. Uh, and we incorporate uh, unit standards, um, and we've got a yeah, unit standards course, uh, at both, uh, at all three levels, one, two, and three, and um, each of them spend almost every one of their spells in here. Uh, we also use it in our achievement standards courses um, with our training programs and the like. Uh, so for uh, 2.3 and 3.3, um, those students uh, are coming in and training in here at least once a week, uh, as well as in their own time. Uh, with um, juniors, we come in here as well, but we do mostly uh, calisthenic stuff in here and we teach them about gym etiquette, etc. Really interested in that because we, we have this, and I've, I've spoken about this before, but we have this culture, not a culture, we have this approach in New Zealand where we're very quick to say juniors can't do anything in the gym and we probably hold back in terms of letting them in here and letting them experience what uh, is on offer and within a gym environment. But when I spent some time in Aussie last year looking at some of those really high performing schools, what was really apparent was that they're smashing the juniors, not smashing the juniors, but they're letting them go for gold, they're teaching them a lot of gloves, they're doing all of that. Do you think in New Zealand we're approaching us a little bit backwards? Yeah, for me I don't think it's an age thing, it's, it's about an individual development thing. Uh, we've got a couple of juniors that come in here and, and they are big, they're big students. They've developed physically, um, they've developed mentally and they have the ability, they have what it takes to be able to come and train safely. And uh, I think you know, all the research, um, yeah, it, it's, it's sort of changing, I guess, you know, and a lot of people will, will close the door without actually doing that, that, that research and just think it's just easier just to say no. But I think if we're actually worried um, about our students, then we need to treat it on an individual case-by-case -case basis. And yeah, if they are physically and mentally uh, equipped to be able to come into a, a gym and, and to lift weights, and it's never going to be huge heavy weights, mm. and it's about teaching them the etiquette and the safety behind it, uh, about what happens if you are overtraining, if you are using poor technique, etc., um, then yeah, I don't see why there should be any issues with it at all. Mm. And you also open this up to the community, you have some sort of membership systems. Eh? That's right, yeah, so we, um, we allow old boys and old girls to come in and train in here as well as the staff, um, as well as parents. Um, and if people have uh, another link to the college, um, then they can also apply to be a member uh, and they write that down on the membership form um, and we will sort of check them out through that person, uh, through that common person um, and find out whether or not they that fit the bill and whether or not they look after the place and then if they do then yeah, they can become members as well. Is your, I'm loving right now your caretaker just decided to mow the lawn to see a member as well. It's perfect. Um, no but he key, he's got master keys and cards so he'd be able to come in whenever he likes. 
Uh, so one thing I'm really interested in, and to hear your thoughts, like as physical educators, we have this focus on performance and improving performance, and we, you know, we run some achievement standards around performance improvement program, bettering an individual from a sporting or physical perspective. What do you think, as physical educators across the country, in your experience, what do you think we do well? What do we do well? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, it's a hard one. I, I don't want to make a blanket, stereotypical sort of comment. Um, but I've seen some really cool stuff going on, um, really specific stuff to the students. Um, I love it when people are bringing in the socio-cultural elements as well, and that's a big one for us. We really focus on that as well. And especially for, for like a 3.3, where you have to talk about the socio-cultural effects on your training program as well. Um, you know, that we, we focus on that big time. Um, you know, why are there less female members of our gym, for example? You know, what are the other stereotypes that come with someone who trains, you know, regarding things like you know, drugs and, and the like? Um, what are the assumptions that come with you know, different ethnicities and, and how much they should be lifting in the gym? Or the big boy who has gone through puberty earlier, um, you know, should he be lifting heavier weights? And, and the whole ego lifting thing's a big thing for us. You know, we always have that at the start of the year, students coming in. You know, measuring themselves against each other uh, as opposed to just trying to improve themselves based on the specificity of their sport. Um, so I, yeah, some people are doing some really cool stuff and um, I think it'd be easier for me to talk about what I think we're not doing well, personally. Well that's, um, that's the next question. What, yeah, what, what I, mean, um, I don't have many questions about that. I Actually, I've got a, I've got a comment that I, I don't think it might be from what I see at this school, you guys do stuff like that, and I guess that in a circle of the people that you work with do that really well, but I don't think that's quite as far spread as we would hope it would be. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was the only thing I'd say about that, but you're, you're right, we do need to, you know, if more people are doing that and thinking about not that this physical component, but having a bit more of a holistic look at Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's about creating that whole athlete and, and bringing in a lot of the like the sports psych stuff as well, um, which I know is you know quite physical still, but um, yeah, that, that sort of mental imagery and, and getting your head around um, just the, the basic stuff. Don't try to hang off things upside down with bands and things coming off you. Just the key, the, the core training um, and. I think that we need to be doing it for a longer period of time. I don't think a six or eight week program is actually does it justice. Um, then how are you going to be teaching students about periodization, yeah. about when they should be tapering off, about really actually seeing an improvement in their training if they're only doing it for a short period? Um, then how are they supposed to do uh, make changes to it? And then how are they supposed to say how those changes have really affected them? Um, so we we run our training program uh, over three terms so that we can see the ebbs and flows, and we can see how it works pre-season, in-season, post-season. Uh, and that gives them just a, a lot more depth of knowledge uh, of how to train. And a lot of our students are going off to be personal trainers and, and into the fitness industry. So we're just trying to give them that, that deeper knowledge of it and in a more real-world sort of situation. Good. Yeah. I also think, too, that um, yeah, at times, if we're telling them what they have to train for, so we did this in the past, we used to train them for a triathlon and the triathlon was great fun and they did enjoy it, however the clash between them training for that and their two, two winter sports that, that some of them were already doing, um, we were actually getting in the way of their success in the other sports, particularly those top, those top athletes who are already doing so much and then we're forcing them to go for a, a four or five k run 
you know, the day after they had just gone and played, you know, representative football or something along those lines. So, um, yeah, the way that we're doing it is, is based around their own sport. Um, and, and so the program isn't going to contradict anything that they're trying to do in the extracurricular time. Good. So on to that, that next one that we, we brought up. What do you think? You know, we, we talked about some of the things that we're doing really well. What do you think as, as a, a nation of physical educators that we're doing probably poorly from that perspective of training individuals, physical performance, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think we're probably um, specialising a bit early. Um, and. I can understand why that people think that that's really a, a good idea, um, but even um, not even just specialising in one sport, but specialising in a position, you know, is to me is, is odd. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of hearing referees in rugby saying you can't touch him; he's the halfback, um, just because he's got number nine on his back. <laughs> anyone can go and get that ball and pass it, you know. So what makes a halfback? Um, and you know, students just being moved around. Like, you know, I, I read a quote the other day, and it said that. Um, you know, PE teachers who, who are focusing a lot on fitness, are, you know, they're getting in the way of us having any more props because there's no more you know, big chubby kids running around that they can just slot yeah, in. Made this quote. Oh, it was just ridiculous. I mean, I just pushed it away, slid it out of the way. But yeah, stuff like that, um, where it's that assumption that props need to be the big fat kid. Yeah, um, yeah that for me, rugby-wise, yeah, that is annoying. Yeah, because I was that big fat kid that just got lumped in there. Um, but yeah, as yeah, I don't even know if that goes in when you're answering the question. But, um, so early specialisation too, that probably opens up a whole lot of other issues long term around, you know, there's performance enhancing drugs of which mm. you're looking at early specialisation and a kid becomes focused on this is, you know, I'm going to be this winger but I've got to be quick, I've got to put on yep. a bit of muscle as well because I don't want to be that scrawny winger. You know, we're leading them down a path of setting them up for failure or setting them up for bad decisions mm. with that early specialisation. But, I mean, what, what does the alternative look like, do you think? For me, it's that concept of, OK, everyone needs to learn the basics, the skill set, pass both ways, kick up both feet. Yeah. You know, football-wise, it's that same sort of stuff. You need to be able to attack and defend. Yeah. You, know, you need to be able to do all, all, of, all of the skills, the core skills, um, first, and then... If you're in that position, cool. I can learn how to do, you know, how to box out. I can learn how to do, you know, whatever it is that that is more specific to that position. Um, but yeah, I think we need to do a little bit more on the on those, you know, those key key skills, and, and not just assume that because I've got one, two, or three on my back that I shouldn't be able to pass both ways for more than a meter. Um, you know, that I shouldn't be able to to run with the ball and run a proper line. Um, and when you compare, say, rugby league to rugby union and the way that the Fords operate, like, there's no excuse. Big boys in league can do all of that. They can pass both ways. They can run a good line. They can run into a gap. The problem rugby can barely run anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, the All Blacks are the epitome of it. They've got the high school level and they can do it all. And that's what I think. The only way to do that is to start that at grassroots and to teach people to run with the ball in both hands. What about the kid that rocks up and grassroots level has an insane amount of talent and skill and has those fundamentals by way of uh, just naturally is mm. an amazing athlete. You're saying that person shouldn't specialise, that person shouldn't look to maybe build a career out of that and get paid. He, he, he can absolutely specialise for sure, but he needs to maintain the, amount of, the high amount of practice on the basics still. Even the top guys still need to be doing the, the basics. Uh, I mean, I see our students all the time out there trying to do fancy basketball moves when they can't even perform a normal layout. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, yeah, that breaks me up. And um, 
it's okay when it's staff versus student because then we win. But um, I always bring this up with with my classes. You think about every time you see the All Blacks on news, mm. and they always have those establishing shots and they're doing a warm up, and you always see them doing, doing this this passing drill. They've broken it down. Fingers. Yeah, part so learning. Always doing it. Yeah, best in the world. That's right. Hands down, best in the world, and they're doing one of the most simple basic yeah. drills. And very specific, very specific to their position. Uh, yeah, Aaron Smith is a prime example of somebody who does that. And the hookers throwing the ball, you know, whether it's kneeling, seated on a Swiss ball. Um, yeah, that stuff, breaking it down. And that's great. They're wicked examples to be able to use for, for biomechanics and, um, and for skill learning. Um, yeah, and, but they're the most important parts that I think a lot of people skip past. And it's just the, the impatience of it. You know, we have students who we give a training program to, or they've got, made the training program, and they get bored of it within two weeks. <laughs> So teaching them, Such a battle. Such so te a battle. teaching them that um, it's okay to not increase weight, you know, in a huge rate of knots. Uh, it's okay to just carry on um, doing that training, and you know, once they understand this concept of tedium, then you'd hope, okay, yeah, that, that's fine. I'll understand that. But they just, yeah, they really struggle. You know, they end up googling random things, seeing things on YouTube, uh, on men's health, uh, whatever it is and you see people doing strange things. Or that you see them copying off the guys who, who have been lifting for a while and they're trying to emulate the exercises that they're doing. Um, yeah, which is flattering, I guess, for those people. Uh, however, if their form's not on point, then it can be dangerous. Yeah. So some actionable content to finish up. So you're, you're lucky you've got this amazing facility. Mm. Um, at our school, we've got some fantastic facilities as well. But if, for, for a school or a department that are trying to um, develop individuals from a performance perspective and they don't have stuff like this, it's a pretty funky bell. What's the churning? What's churning? I don't know, what, well, that's just that bell, yeah. That's just the I've got no idea why. So for, for, they don't have facilities like this, what can they do to get something up and running, get a program up and running, get something up and running, what do you, what do you suggest that they could do? Yeah, our process was to get student voice and you know, get a bit of student agency in there and try to figure out what it was that they wanted to do as a group of students and some of them said they wanted to improve their own sport, um, others were more based around they just wanted to learn how to be fit and healthy and so we made our courses or our proposed courses around that and then realised, oh, we probably can't resource that right now, what do we need to do to be able to resource it? So, had the pie in the sky uh, idea to create a facility like this, um, did some research on what was already out there, and based this place really on a place called Athlete's House, and it was called Athlete's House up in um, Hamilton, um, and um, took their floor plan pretty much, and just photoshopped it onto this place, and took it to the principal with three quotes, showed it to him, said this is what we want to do, we think we can probably pay for it with memberships. Um, he took it to the board and they said, yeah, go for it. So it was pretty much as simple as that. Yes, we'd gone through the process of getting quotes and writing a proposal, a very convincing proposal about how many students would be affected positively, mm -hmm. about what the, um, you know, the underlying effects in that would be. Um, but yeah, when the sort of money side came through and we said, okay, this is how many members we're gonna need over this period of time, um, they couldn't really argue with it. So it's been going really well. We've got. Um, we need 75 members a year to pay for the equipment for five years. We're currently in our fourth year. So um, next year is, is the last year for it. And then after that, um, 
all the equipment is ours and it's just profit after that. So we need 75 members this year, we have 180. Nice. Um, so anything on top of that is track profit that um, the principal didn't have the confidence in the start when he agreed to this and he said, oh, I think you might get 30 members. He said, but I'll top it up for you. And I said, okay. No, you're topping and, them up. And I said to him, well, <laughs> any, anything on top um, that has to come back to the P department because we're doing all the admin for it. I said, do you agree? And he said, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So we shook on it. <laughs> we shook on it. So once that money's in and, and if we've got 180 members, then that's my, um, that's my budget for, nice. for a whole bunch of stuff. So then nice. we'll get helicopters and we'll have segways and golf carts for the staff. All, I think all be that awesome. good stuff. Oh, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. Hey, um, that, that, I think that's some really good information. Uh, I encourage you to check out um, Matt's podcast episode. Can you remember what episode it is? I want to say four, but... It was pretty early. Eh? It was pretty Contextualised courses, because uh, you talk about some really good things around how you're contextualising those courses for your students. That's worth a listen. And you also go into this, the gym setup a little bit more. Um, Matt is also... You're one third now. Yeah. You used to be one half. I think one, one third one now. Third, be yeah. your guest uh, so if you have any questions, just jump on there and, and um, I'm sure you'll be able to answer any queries around that setup that you've got and anything else that you do here. Um, but it's an amazing facility. Uh, your staff are, are wicked and I'm really impressed with the, the quality of teaching that happens here. Every time I come in here, and I come in here quite a bit, um, there's just amazing stuff going on. So you're, yeah. you're a fantastic leader by, I'm very lucky. by all means, um, but you've got that really positive staff underneath you doing some yeah, amazing very, things. So. Very lucky. They're very... Uh accepting of change and of trying things so yeah i couldn't be happier with them they're awesome all right cheers mate thank you